0: Hey everyone, it's Jake, it's January 2021, and we are back, baby! I promise you, we have more new episodes coming in the future. But, for now, here is an episode we recorded last summer and never had a chance to put out. I hope you enjoy it, have a lot of fun, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll start releasing the new episodes. See ya! Pacific! I'm Jake, and with me again this week is my friend...
1: Hey, I'm Klaus.
0: New month, new subgenre, 90s Shakespeare adaptations. Because we have an extra week in August, we're gonna squeeze in one that was made a few years too late to actually count for the 90s adaptations. So today's episode is about She's the Man 2006... Directed by Andy Fickman. It's an adaptation of Shakespeare's Twelfth Night, if you weren't aware. I wasn't aware until my sister told me so. Just some early subgenre themes we're going to be looking at is, of course, which play is it based on, tragedy or comedy, and then we're, we're going to start looking for things, beginning with this movie. My, my first note is going to be, what kind of adaptation is it? How faithful is it being to the source material? So, things like... Like, uh, we're not going to be covering it because it just came out last year or so. There's a movie on Amazon Prime right now called King Lear, which is an adaptation of Shakespeare's King Lear, where the sets and a lot of the costuming is updated to modern day, but all of the dialogue is faithful to the original play and stuff like that. Then you have adaptations like She's the Man, where the characters and basic plot are still held together but everything else is modern day and all of the dialogue is modern day and it becomes this weird jumbled mess of an adaptation. So, you know. And then you also have the adaptations where it's almost literally just the play where everything is fitting into the original time that the play was set in and everything like that. Any thoughts on what what your kind of adaptation is better to you? Hmm. I think
1: I saw Othello, like a more modern, modern take starring the guy that was in the matrix morpheus in the matrix whoever uh, that guy Lawrence Fishburne. thank you he was in othello and i don't know what adaptation you'd call that but i like that a lot they use some of the language but i think they changed it somewhat to be a little more easier to comprehend mm, i haven't seen that one so i can't really count it i think i like closer to the source material just because i don't Often read Shakespeare plays every day, so it's nice to kind of get exposed to it through <laughs> this other medium. Since I'm not gonna read them,
0: and plays are meant to be acted out in front of you, right? I mean, a, a lot of it, even if you don't know the language as well, a lot of it makes more sense when an actor is emphasizing the correct words and actions are giving some context to what they are saying. It's a big difference than just sitting down and reading a play.
1: Yeah, and that that kind of brings up a little little bit of what we discussed about uh wait until dark that it felt like a play because it was prior and I don't exactly know what specific details to point to to say that feeling of a play, but I definitely like to watch these movies or films that are play-like mm. that are over maybe over dramaticized or really emotionally heightened characters I, I like it a lot okay my preferred adaptations are the ones that are
0: completely updated to a modern day kind of feel kind of what they tried to do with she's the man here but we'll see for many other reasons why i don't think this is a good movie <laughs> but there are ways to take something like a shakespearean play and update it entirely to a modern day movie and as long as you are realizing that you are making a modern day movie out of it you can change certain aspects and still keep the same story hmm. like you, you don't even have to have characters named the same thing they don't have to be from the same kingdoms and whatnot there, there's just ways to carry on the same story but in a new form and that's really hmm. what I prefer, prefer.
1: That's interesting like a kind of a more like subtle usage of the source material
0: Yeah, we're not going to use this movie because it came out in 2001 and it doesn't fit into the 90s, but we considered using the movie O for this list. Like, I thought that was a really cool way to remake a Shakespearean play. You know, you put it into a modern day high school white girl in love with a black guy and it causes this whole tiff. It's, to me, that's a much better way. I could even see someone taking the Romeo and Juliet story and turning it into a race thing instead of a two warring families (laughs) thing. I just feel like when you actually change things enough, it's a much better feel.
1: That's that's interesting. So it's not just putting it in a modern setting... But applying some of the plot hooks and archetypes and concepts to modern context, where maybe we're less worried about what family heraldry you wear or whatever, and more, you know, with uh, racial injustice and and these kind of things.
0: Yeah, applying it to modern day social issues instead Mm -hmm. of the social issues that Shakespeare was dealing with Mm -hmm. back in the day. Interesting, okay. So it'd be cool to see,
1: you know, movies in this subgenre that fit that mold.
0: If any of the ones we chose and have done that. If any. (laughs) And honestly, I'm not a big Shakespeare reader, so I've been trying to read these plays along with the movies to see what they steal, what they change, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'll have some context. Did you read The Twelfth Night?
1: No, I didn't. I looked at some, like, brief cliff notes, but I didn't get to read it in time for this
0: so I just read it and I didn't look at any other source material commenting on it so maybe between the two of us we can help each other more fully <laughs> understand it because like I said just reading a play without seeing it acted out is very different yeah. so I, I might not have understood some things <laughs> Everyone you're gonna want to know about this director if you don't recognize the name. Let's let's just name some titles that he's known for, alright? This TV series, Kevin Can Wait, directed 48 episodes of it. Uh, TV special, Kevin James, Never Don't Give Up. That's one of his stand-up specials. Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, 2015. Yeah, he directed that. Race to Witch Mountain, 2009, yeah, he directed that. And other than that, it's stuff I haven't heard of. He's done a couple other TV shows. But, uh, a lot of work with Kevin James, which means he's right up there with the whole Adam Sandler crew. Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2, I don't know what you have to do to get tapped to direct that, but it can't be good.
1: So you're saying this is his greatest work?
0: Well, I haven't seen Race to Witch Mountain, and I knew a bunch of people back in the day who did enjoy that as a kids movie starring The Rock, back when The Rock was first starting to really blow up in the movie scene, so...
1: I think the first film I saw The Rock in was The Mummy. He was the scorpion man.
0: Oh yeah, the mummy. What was that? The mummy three, the Scorpion King, or whatever, with that horrible CGI,
1: Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, I remember. Like seeing, looking back now, seeing clips of it or something more recently. I'm like, oh, that looks horrible. I'm sure at the time, I was amazed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I remember
0: back in the day watching that movie before I knew jack shit about filmmaking and especially jack shit about CGI and everything, and just being like. Oh, that's a cool character design.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, playing Warwind for the first time. I'm like, oh my God, look at these graphics. And it's like the mushroom tree is like a plate on a stick. <laughs> but I'm I'm used to like RuneScape graphics or something. You know? <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh god thinking about things that you thought looked good back in the day and then realizing how unrealistic i i remember like sports games came out once a fucking year and every year it was like whoa they look like real people playing football and then the next year comes out and you're like whoa last year's game looks like shit <laughs> and now it's gotten to a point where like the models are just literal scans of
1: actual yeah. players <laughs> I feel like there's kind of diminishing returns in the graphics department. You just can't get much better at a certain points. Like, I'm not going to pay more money for an updated roster. Yeah, <laughs> something that someone could literally put together a PDF and you could download it and it'll upda- update the game, so... <laughs> Not not that I've played, like, Madden since 2003 or something, but...
0: <laughs> I haven't done it in four or five years because I just don't put as much money into my gaming budget anymore, but I used to, like, every three to four years buy another NCAA game or a Tiger Woods game, every so often buy mm. a sports game just to waste time with... I never paid attention to the graphics after, I don't know, 2006, 2007, like, no. I never even looked at the graphics. I was just worried about what mechanics they had in the yeah. game. So.
1: <laughs> All right, so that's that's Andy. That's kind of his uh, his CV, his curriculum vitale. His... So
0: She's the Man is only the third film he's credited as directing. He did some short video called Who's Your Daddy and then did a TV movie called Reefer Madness, the movie musical, and then got She's the Man. Early on in a blossoming career... He knows his—he knows his type of films. So uh, let's just really quickly plug in that part of the trailer for this movie that explains the entire octagon love thing that we have going here. But at this school,
1: everyone's got a secret. Wow. Duke wants Olivia. Do you like? Jeez. who wants Sebastian. Isn't
0: he cute? How you doing, babe? Woo.
1: Who is really Viola, whose brother is dating Monique. So she hates Olivia, who's dating Duke, to make Sebastian jealous. What
0: does your heart tell you? Huh? I mean,
1: which one would you rather see naked? He is really Viola getting jealous because she wants Duke, who thinks she's a guy. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh.
0: And this is where it gets really complicated. So that was obnoxious. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, oh man, a lot of that is in the original play, but it seems really overdone in this movie compared to what I read in the play. Just saying.
1: We, we talked about this in the banter a little bit, the kind of pre-recording banter <laughs> about cutting slack. And it's one of those things where in another movie, you know, that came out in the last five years, I would not cut it this lag. I would call it garbage and I would piss on it. I would do that, but I would ignore it. <laughs> I would scroll past it on Netflix and I would never think of it ever again. But this, this, yeah, it's a wild, it's a wild convoluted plot. That's for sure.
0: It was something about that period of time in our lives. We were just allowing filmmakers to get away with whatever the fuck they wanted. Just so long for the ride. Yeah, sure. I mean, we, we were like, yeah, we'll pay seven bucks to go see that. We grew up in a college town, but it's a small town with a college in it. <laughs> So there's nothing to do here except for go to the movies, the mall, and then drink and do drugs. So your choices were limited.
1: There is a very big difference, I think, between College Town and town that has a college in it. I feel like Mm -hmm. College Town, the college has contributed to the development of the town and the town has like bars and restaurants and stuff and this is not that
0: (laughs) well we have bars and restaurants and stuff because of the college but that's only because all the kids that go to this college just want to get shit-faced all
1: the time (laughs) (laughs) but there's only like a few options and it's kind of like that or drinking a field you know take your pick as we got older we did a lot more of the latter yeah it's just easier and cheaper All right, so that's the basic plot. As far as characters go, you have Viola, played by Amanda Bynes. Sebastian, who's kind of there at the beginning and the end, who's her brother, uh, who's played by somebody, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, I I don't recognize the guy, so
1: who cares? And then you have Duke, who's played by Channing Tatum. Early years.
0: Very young Channing Tatum right here. How early is this in his career? Like, was he in anything else before this? He's
1: probably already, like, 34. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nah, he was he just young. looks. He just looks young. Oh, wow. He was in
0: Ricky Martin's She Bang as a dancer. Wow. Foreshadowing. A Pepsi commercial, a Mountain Dew commercial. I always forget he got his start as a dancer.
1: <laughs> yeah, "I Step Up, I think, was his, his big roles. I think the breakout roles, the Step Up series. He was in that movie Coach Carter, which is surprising. So, yeah,
0: She's the Man was only like... I think it's maybe the first or second movie where he's got like a lead role. Yeah. Because Step Up doesn't come until
1: later that same year we'll kind of get into this when the scene comes up as we talk about the movie, but there's one scene where I think he and I think actually Amanda did a good job too, where there's this one scene where I'm like holy shit, they're acting (laughs) (laughs) well and that's the thing is
0: neither of them are bad at acting and Channing is a funny guy I think he's, he's probably the funniest part of this movie, this movie gave me a few genuine laughs and I'll mention when, when we get to them but for the most part he and Amanda are the ones holding this thing together
1: so they're they're the main characters viola and duke Amanda Bynes and Channing Tatum. You also have Olivia, um, who's the blonde. You have Monique, who's her brother's mean, bitchy girlfriend. And that's mostly it. The rest are kind of like, you have the coach, you have the principal, you have a few other people that kind of come in and out. Oh, Amanda's ex-boyfriend, who's the captain of like the rival high school team, just douchebag number three high school soccer player guy.
0: (laughs) I love his line. Come on, babe. You know, guys are better at sport. Jesus Christ, dude.
1: And I feel like soccer is one of the sports, like, you definitely, like, definitively can't say that about.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Now, I will say, all right, these opening credits, which were the most terrible thing, we have girls playing soccer on the beach in shorts and bikini tops, and I'm assuming these bikini tops are being held together by steel wire or something, because they're not moving at all, and just strobing titles flying at your face
1: Intercut with people playing soccer. It's just, oh, it's so
0: bad. I thought I was going to have a seizure.
1: Yeah, it was definitely, I feel like they used clips from that in the trailer, and it's definitely, um they baited like thirsty high school guys into <laughs> watching this movie.
0: Oh, yeah, because all the women in this movie are very attractive. Even Eunice, the quote unquote ugly nerdy character, I'm sure if you took her out of the makeup and made her look like a normal human being would look, she'd probably be pretty hot. Yeah. But on top, of that, none of these girls have soccer player legs. All their legs are skinny as fucking rails. Yeah. They don't have legs as if they've been running up and down field for
1: hours. The muscular thighs. That's mm-hmm. something that's missing in today's world. The muscle <laughs> thighs. I'm a big fan.
0: Athletic builds have their fucking place, just like any other
1: build, and in my bed. <laughs> Um, and then uh, I, I will note, like, as far as, like, some the filming, as um, weird as it is to point it out in this movie, when she shows up dressed up as her brother, first of all, she goes to her hairdresser friend, gets the full, like, montage of trying on different haircuts and stuff. I have
0: to talk about this character really quick because... He is the quote-unquote cliché gay friend, but he's not overly clichéd like you would think about in 90s and early 2000s movies that have the cliché gay friend. Like, he's not talking with a lisp, he's not super high voice, he's not, like, freaking out over every little thing. He seems very put-together and like a normal person, which was surprising... at all yeah <laughs> <laughs> that a gay man portrayed in a movie in the mid-2000s could just be like a normal character yeah <laughs> it's very shocking to me if he wasn't
1: a hairdresser I, I don't know if you would even think that
0: that services the plot though
1: right exactly
0: his, his whole point in the plot is to be the one that makes her look like a guy and dresses her up like a guy and helps her learn how to act like a guy so yeah great make him a hairdresser cool
1: (laughs) he reminded me of what's his name from that 70s show that reminds me of you where's the aviators and like the the fro oh
0: Hyde. yeah don't 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 compare me to danny masterson himself i'm okay with being compared to Hyde, but (laughs) you compare me to that fucking scientology rapist i'm gonna have some issues
1: i didn't know he was bad fuck him i guess i didn't know
0: (laughs) Yeah, his whole family was raised in Scientology, and he recently got kicked off the production of The Ranch on Netflix because three or four girls accused him of rape. So yeah, fuck that guy. Yep. Yeah, just cut all that, director. No, no, I'm, I'm fine with I'm fine with you comparing me to the character Hyde because okay, okay. I am that you know aloof conspiracy theory friend that you have in the corner of the room. So I'll, I'll take that. <laughs>
1: See, but you have this uh, amazing montage. They're like trying on mustaches and shit, which is wild, but whatever. And then you have her dressed up and showing up at the high school for the first day. And you have these really disorienting shots that are like shifting the angles, like constantly people moving by looking at her and you get this disorienting feeling of being overwhelmed, which I think actually services what she's probably feeling as a character.
0: This first shot of her in the school. Cool. You have that little scene of her trying to back out and her f- guy friend is just telling her like, nope, too late, go. But then she walks into the dorm hallway and we actually roomed together in the dorms at college. <laughs> and our dorm was three stories tall. First floor was all guys. Second and third floor was all girls. I can't say it was crazy, like, this movie portrays it, but I could only imagine if we were all high school guys living in a dorm together, Mm -hmm. it would have Mm -hmm. been pretty close to this, I think.
1: Yeah, and and I think if you, like, filmed, you know, our hallway over the course of 24 hours and, like, clipped together all the things that happen, it would look like that shot.
0: Yeah, I don't doubt that at all, especially on a weekend. Like, if you filmed our hall for an entire weekend and then kind of stitched it all together, it would look... Absolutely horrifying to someone (laughs) outside of it. You, you got all these guys like throwing footballs and kicking soccer balls and just like I, I don't even remember like spraying each other with water guns and shit people are just going fucking crazy in this hallway
1: <laughs> yeah and it's very much a lot of it is very much uh, like stereotypical guy stuff too it feels like oh yeah nobody's wearing a shirt ever no and so she finally gets into the room goes in and there's Duke who's going to be a roommate and in there are his two friends they're not roommates they're in the room next door or something who hanging out and the whole movie I have to get this out Amanda Bynes as Viola as Sebastian when she's playing Sebastian she has this weird like she's trying to be a guy and so she goes and just like suck dog bra like <laughs> really like over the top and I think at the time I probably thought it was funny but I don't know it doesn't hold up right now oh god no for it me. doesn't hold up at all it's really
0: bad not only yeah. that so there was a weird decision to set this movie in North Carolina?
1: I don't know why. I noticed that. The Tar Heels were mentioned. Yeah, and, she, yeah, she says
0: she wants to go to college and play soccer for the Tar Heels. The whole her mom wanting her to dress up and dresses thing is fucking debutante ball. We live in South fucking Georgia and we... I've never even knew anybody that
1: did debutante balls. I have heard of it.
0: Well, you associate with a higher class of people than I most of the time.
1: <laughs> well, I never been but i have heard i have heard i'm sure it wasn't to that extent you know that was overplayed that's definitely like a charleston or like charlotte kind of vibe (laughs) i I could see it happening in savannah i
0: could see it happening in charlotte maybe uh what's the tennessee nashville i could see it happening there you know stuff like that but i don't know man they never even said like what city they were in because the two high schools were named after the cities or kingdoms in the play they were named after the kingdom's in the play i don't know it was just a really weird choice and so every time amanda Bynes goes into her male voice thing she also gets like extra country i don't
1: know if you noticed that or not i did i didn't put it together and lock it down with north carolina because for us north carolina might as well be like yankee town i
0: mean they're just below the mason dixon line but (laughs) let's not give them too much credit here
1: but I I did notice that I just didn't put it together, but it was just, I'm sure it played all right at the time to the audience. Um, But that part, is what holds up the least well to me. I enjoyed the ride, but that part, not really my
0: thing. Yeah, Amanda Bynes
1: doing a southern bro-dude accent was very weird. The whole idea is that she's trying to act like a guy, and her idea of a guy is this very stereotypical, inaccurate portrayal, so that later in the movie she can understand guys aren't actually like that. This scene also introduces another cliché that I
0: have a feeling will be in almost every one of these adaptations that we have it's the cliche of the token black guy which uh the black guy character in this movie i like the actor i think he does a good job and i think the character holds up pretty well it's just annoying when you're set in a in a boarding school situation there's only one black guy and i don't think there were any black girls in the boarding school at all it it felt like the private school here in my hometown where there's only one or two black people allowed in ever at a time. Yeah, I'm t- I'm trying to think, and
1: I don't remember explicitly.
0: I like, I know one of, uh, Amanda, or one of Viola's friends from her high school is black, but, yeah. um, and I'm really shocked they didn't have the token black guy and the token black girl end up together because that would have just been the ultimate early 2000s racism, but... <laughs> yeah
1: and it's it's definitely i think it's worth mentioning and too trying to comprehend this movie like in a modern climate because it's and it's, it's certainly not something I would point to other people that probably know more about representation than I do but this sort of idea of like do you have the representation because you know representation is a positive thing but if you're doing it in the wrong way does it become negative or is it still worth it now I don't know the answer to that but it is worth noting that it's here in some weird manner
0: I can go ahead and tell you next week's film is more pro- problematic this one i feel a little bad that there's only two black characters in the movie but at the same time the characters are both handled pretty well so i'm not yeah i'm not horribly upset about
1: it yeah their characters are more than just their skin tone
0: exactly yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's not like not another teen movie where the token black guy is just there to be like damn that shit is whack yeah it's not that yeah they have
1: a they're an actual character yeah beyond that
0: so i i give them credit for this If we have any people of color listening, please send in your thoughts because I'd love to hear it from someone that's not a straight white cis male.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. The other thing that I'm curious to see, this is definitely true of like 90s, like high school themed films, the popular guy, shaved head, tank top oof, the the whole tank
0: top thing, I don't know. Alright, that does kind of bring up a thing I did want to bring up so this whole movie is, you know breaking gender stereotypes and elevating women, they can do anything, which, yes, they can do anything. We're on board with that it's 2006, come on it's not the 90s when we were having our second female revolution you know? But at the same time, we're reducing men to hunks of meat to look at and to be mad and beat each other up mm-hmm. Channing Tatum and Viola's brother Sebastian are the only two characters who are treated as anything other than poonhounds yeah and even then Channing Tatum's character is a poon hound for the first half of the movie yeah so yeah let's let's be ultra pro women but at the same time let's just knock men back down to the stereotypes that we always put them in yeah and I think for
1: one I don't know if Andy is is capable of kind of handling these sort of no he's I don't not. know if he was intending to he handle this kind of he directed concepts. Paul
0: Blart Mall 2 <laughs> no this these kinds of themes should not be in his hands <laughs>
1: So, so, maybe a little beyond his you know scope of practice, we might say, but I mean, you're right, it plays with gender roles, both female but also male genders kind of stereotypes, and there's a few characters that break the mold of that, and you have the a lot of the surrounding cast are there to enforce the stereotype so that those characters can break against it
0: the The problem for me is the for the female characters, we have one or two. Of the bad stereotypes, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, bad stereotypes, because honestly, if that's how you are, that's just how you are. You're just a person. I don't give a shit. But on the male side of things, the vast majority of them are the bad stereotypes with one or two breaking the mold. And it it, it just seems like a very weird... unfair comparison
1: you're you're only a good guy if you're doing one of these two things it's interesting too because and that brings up to one of the points one of the characters apparently always kind of thought that what is her name gertrude or something the nerdy girl was kind of cute eunice eunice yeah he always thought eunice was kind of cute um, but didn't really want to do anything because he knew he would get ragged on by the stereotypes But he later ends up going in that direction.
0: And he says something like, when I wanted to ask you out, you all made fun of me. Man, screw you guys. I hate high school.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yes. Yes, perfect quote. (laughs) High school did suck. High school. I did not like high school.
0: I had a fun time in high school, but I was doing a lot of outside of school extracurriculars, so... Mm. Yes. (laughs) I I didn't spend a whole lot of time actually in school.
1: Especially, like, the last year or two.
0: Uh, The last two years, yeah, I was basically
1: not there. (laughs) Okay, so so back to the movie. You get the setup. She's going to play soccer. She's going to dress as her brother, blah, blah, blah. I can't remember if Duke brings
0: it up. Actually, I think uh, Viola dresses Sebastian tells Duke, like, hey, I'm her lab partner. I'll be able to talk you up to her and everything. So you'll have a chance, which th- this does feel kind of fit with the play so duke's character is the king of one kingdom and olivia is like a lady-in-waiting in in another kingdom he's trying to get with olivia to marry her because he's obsessed with her viola dresses sebastian is basically sent over there to try and convince olivia to marry whatever the actual character's name is it's orsinio i believe it is duke orsinio Hmm. which is where duke comes from in this i don't know her bringing it up just seems like a different idea and once again we're playing channing tatum's character is played as the dumb jock throughout the entire movie so
1: you know i i kind of like his character because he's he's a dumb jock but he's also you expect the popular you know soccer captain person to be the confident cool person and he's not confident at all (laughs) yeah like him, him admitting that he can't talk to girls and then
0: them doing like the role playing of him talking to a girl is pretty damn funny and I think it's one of the one of the few genuine laughs that got out of me
1: <laughs> and uh, so yeah in the lab partner kind of scene you have viola as her brother sebastian partnered up with olivia but everything she does even if she's intentionally or not intentionally trying to get her to think of duke backfires olivia reads her lyrics from her brother and and all of these other things that she just thinks sebastian is this super sensitive guy that breaks the stereotypes and is so so
0: cool and attractive and all that since you mentioned Mentioned the thing about Sebastian, real Sebastian, being in a band and everything. I have to bring this up. I've I've heard it on tons of other podcasts and movie reviewers on YouTube and stuff. And it's this stupid trend by Gen X writers to make millennial high schoolers and stuff all they listen to apparently is fucking Gen X bands, and that is what makes them the cool music guy. Sebastian is seen wearing a uh, Violent Films shirt, which I'm okay. okay. Okay, with the violent films, but I can only name like two of their songs, maybe. And I'm sure anybody listening knows maybe one of their songs that got really popular. But like they all listen to these fucking like punk bands and stuff. I'm a punk guy and I didn't discover half of these quote-unquote punk bands until way after college age. Mm -hmm. I I grew up listening to like Sum 41 and Green Day and shit like that but that was probably mostly only because I had an older sister showing me fun, cool stuff like that. Mm. So when you have these quote-unquote high schoolers who are only listening to like late 80s early 90s punk bands but they're high schoolers in the mid-2000s that makes no sense at all and to prove it to you we have the soundtrack for she's the man because you know what we were listening to in fucking high school in 2006 it was this goddamn soundtrack
1: stank. Oar. <laughs> okay he did
0: have an oar poster in his room sebastian did and i was like that that is got mid-2000s, em. yes. They got, got that em. one correct. <laughs> God knows we listened to enough OAR back in the day.
1: The, I feel like the soundtrack, even though this is not strictly 90s, it's early two thousand. I feel like the soundtrack is such a crucial part of the 90s theme. And, and we'll see if that's true or not, but I have a hunch. I'm
0: sure it will be for some of the other movies, but this one is just so mid-2000s, alright? Because... Alright, so there's the one Joan Jett and the Blackheart song, which... Joan Jett's fucking timeless. I love her, so put her in whatever you want. You have Christopher Birch slash Shaggy song. Remember
1: Shaggy? He was only around for a little bit of time. Barbie Girl, for sure. Barbie Girl, that's one. Barbie Girl was around for quite a while love and memories by oar remember that one forever by the veronicas eh. dirty
0: little secret dirty all little American secret rejects. yes there are two all-american reject songs in this fucking movie all right <laughs> two there wasn't enough all-american rejects to, to just go with it and don't forget invincible by okay go oh so mid-2000s <laughs> I don't think all American rejects existed in my mind outside of like two thousand four to two thousand and seven i was I was honestly waiting for a dashboard confessional song to pop up in this movie, but I don't think they were really big around until like two thousand and seven, so we got a little lucky there. <laughs> <laughs> oof the soundtrack man it's painful the the whole time i was just like i remember high school <laughs> i remember middle school because that's all the soundtrack did meanwhile you got yeah. channing tatum with like a sum 41 poster on one wall yeah i listened to a lot of sum 41 when i was in high school and i didn't have any friends who listened to Sum 41. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't know anyone else in my high school that was consistently listening to Sum 41 and knew any of their songs past, you know, like Fat
1: Lip. That kind of brings up a point, too, that I was thinking about that this movie, and I feel like a lot of movies that are high school based, you could have easily placed them in like college and it would have basically been the same movie. Because I don't, high schools don't have dorms. Most of them don't.
0: Yeah. I don't understand the high school lean to this except for the fact that we have to make it pg-13 otherwise we'll never make our money back and if it's going to be pg-13 we got to draw in the high schoolers by making it about high schoolers which is just a stupid backwards way of thinking about it yeah
1: but they're just high schoolers in name Uh, otherwise they're basically like college students
0: Yeah. Amanda Bynes was born in 86. This was made in 2006, so she was literally, well, she would have been 19 when they were filming this. I mean, she's just, she's perfect college age. Just do it in college. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, and they have communal showers. Our high school, the football area, we had a communal shower, which the only people I knew that used that after practice and games and stuff were the people who were freaking ripped all to hell and apparently had no qualms with everyone seeing their dick. Those were the only people that used it. Everybody that was even the least bit self-conscious, they were like, I'll shower when I get home. It's fine.
1: I did use the shower and I noticed there was there was a pattern. It was either mostly people who are in good, you know, like you said, ripped and all that. There was also and this is getting a little more real. You know this is a tearjerker, but there there was a few that like you know where they were in the boys' home and oh yeah yeah and they kind of didn't have any other options. But most most of the time it was very few people who actually used it because most people didn't want to fucking have their dick out or shower with their boxers on. Most people didn't weren't down with that. God, the the high school locker room was a, a hellhole. Put this, yeah. it was a hellhole. Like you really. <laughs> you had to like it was kind of like being in prison you kind of had to really show your shit (laughs) or or you would be god i remember this poor kid he like was probably taking an antibiotic or something and for the next four years he was called anal (laughs) cut that (laughs) (laughs) no you gotta finish it now i might end up cutting it but come on (laughs) Cut the laugh. He was called anal leakage for the next four years. Oh God, I remember that now. Oh yeah, that's really sad. Like you take you know, like oh it's you know, I have allergies. I'm gonna take an Allegra and like, oh, your anal leakage for four years, enjoy that.
0: Yeah, you're you're called a very rare side effect of a medicine you have to take. Like <laughs> God, high school is fucking horrible. And I remember it was brutal. And I'm not saying I'm innocent in any of this because I was a piece of shit in high school, as I'm sure a lot of other people were until they grew up. Hmm. I remember shit like there was this one guy who was two or three years older than us. Nobody I liked know who him. You're talking about. I know you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> I hope to God he never listens to this episode, because I felt, I, like, in hindsight, I feel so bad for this guy. But nobody liked him. Everything he said just annoyed the shit out of everyone. And I remember this one specific day where, like, all the football players got candy or something before a game. He started talking to a group of us, and the older guys in the group just took out the candy that they got like the hard candies and we're just pelting him with them just over and over again and of course I'm hanging out with you know seniors and I'm a freshman so I'm like yeah let's pelt that kid with candy fuck yeah make the seniors like me you know <laughs> I mean it- High school is a horrible fucking place.
1: It's a horrible place. I feel like especially in organized sports, like football and stuff, when you're like trapped in close quarters, there's a lot of like testosterone. There's some hormones going around. Way too many hormones for anyone to handle. Tons of hormones. I remember, this is a side note. (laughs) But our high school would give honey buns after every workout. Yeah, they would. To, like, make you gain weight so you're bigger and can play football better, I guess. I don't know what Mm the logic there was. But, you know, make you weigh more, which I guess is good. You know, me being the very skinny, you know, tiny little guy at the time. (laughs) We both were. I would take my honey buns and I would sell them to the (laughs) fat-ass (laughs) linemen.
0: See, I I was the tiny lineman, so I had to... (laughs) I was a hundred and thirty five <laughs> pound center on a state champion football team. <laughs> God damn. I
1: did I didn't break one forty until senior year. <laughs> of high school. The sole reason I like survived without getting made too much fun of in, in high school football was that when I was a linebacker and in linebacker practice, because I was way too small to actually play. Yeah. Linebacker. But at the time I would get in the line so that I go against the, you know, people that are currently in the NFL right now. Yeah. So that I would go against them. I obviously wouldn't hold my own against them. But it's, it's kinda like punching the biggest person in, in prison day one. You get a <laughs> reputation. You may lose and get get beat up and everyone knows you're not fucking around
0: <laughs> yeah well i mean you remember me in middle school football i was literally every day heads up with a guy who would eventually be on a team and win the super bowl okay he literally has a super bowl ring now every day at practice i was heads up against him because he was a nose guard and i was a center. you think that was fair <laughs>
1: No, no. But that's, I mean, even if you weighed double your weight and were twice your height, like, it still may not have been fair.
0: Yeah, because he was giant, and he was fast, and he was strong as fuck, and always has
1: been. <laughs> Picture, like, the mountain, but he's a big black guy who's a genuinely a gentle giant, like a very kind person.
0: He's one of the nicest people in the world, and every time we'd we'd go head up against each other, we'd get, you know, in our stance, and he'd say, I'm sorry, Bland. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I just look at him and be like, don't hurt me, D. Just just don't hurt me. <laughs> so he would palm my helmet put my face in the dirt and run around to (laughs) me like yeah you can do that
1: like a can of coke looked like a jolly rancher in this person's hands yeah
0: he's freaking huge but he's the nicest guy and that's how i got through middle school and high school was i made friends with all the big muscly dudes i I had a friend named zach who would eventually go on to be drafted into the mlb and stuff like that (laughs) if every time i was at a party if some big dude started to step up to me wanting to fight because we had a bunch of shitty red guys that like to fight a lot, I would literally just take a step back and yell Zach! And he'd come a-running, and he would be my bodyguard and I'm like, this is what you do. (laughs) I'm not fighting my own battles, I'm letting my my (laughs) 6'3 giant friend take care of
1: it. So... Back to your schedule programming. I did want to point out this one scene where Viola's like adjusting her wig and he notices it (laughs) and she thinks she's almost getting caught, but he's like...
0: The headmaster character is played by David Cross, who's a great comedian. He's also been bald forever, as long as I can remember, at least. And apparently he's been playing these kinds of characters for freaking ever because he was in Arrested Development as the brother-in-law that like just always says the very awkward thing.
1: Was he in the the draft? I feel like he could have be a character in that. I don't think he was, the but he feels like a character in the draft. You mean the NFL draft? You mean the, the league? Shiva, the league. The league. Well, you know, <laughs> tomato, tomato. Slow
0: down on that line, homie. <laughs> <laughs> no no nah, he wasn't in the league he was in arrested development he was in one of the scary movie movies i think it was scary movie 2 that he was in he's a really funny guy but he's great at setting himself up for saying these really awkward things in arrested development when he accidentally gets blue paint all over his face and he just goes i blew myself <laughs> like yeah he's great at shit like that and he's
1: great at it in this movie as well but there is a domino that's set up in that conversation where he at some point he says at some point you need to talking about male pattern baldness you need to come out of the closet and accept who you are. Yeah. <laughs> now, and I thought, because I don't remember how this movie goes, but I thought at some point, I was like, oh, maybe Amanda Bynes gets with Olivia and it's like a lesbian thing, maybe? That didn't happen, but. They were not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole, I can tell you that. They did not, and it's a real shame, I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's a real shame they didn't take a straight character and make her gay for no reason. Um, <laughs> what is this, 13 Reasons Why? Um, <laughs> oh, I got him. I don't know.
1: I don't even know where to go with this movie anymore, man. The next thing I wanted to point out before we can move to the next section is there is a scene that is fantastic in my opinion, where Duke is mad at Viola, who is Sebastian currently mm-hmm. because he thinks he, Sebastian is purposely flirting with Olivia when he knows when Duke, when he knows that Duke likes Olivia and Duke feels betrayed by this. And so there's this argument scene in the dorm and it's, Like it genuinely like shocked me. It like took me out. I was like in the days of like watching a movie, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Because they're arguing, and it's like very good, both of them very good argument scene. So you're
0: talking about? I'm guessing right before the final act, where Duke sees Olivia kissing the real Sebastian. Yes. Okay, so Duke sees Olivia. uh, Sebastian finally gets back from London. He's getting out of a cab. What he thinks is just some random girl walks up to him and says, reads his own lyrics back to him and then gives him a big old kiss and he's just like I think i'm gonna like this school great writing but duke sees this from a ways away meets back up with viola who's dressed as sebastian still in the fucking dorm this fight scene you're talking about is pretty great and it was honestly scaring me how physical they were getting.
1: i think it was a great scene and it may have been felt more great by the context of the rest of the movie being very, like, slapstick high school comedy. But this film was, like, very good. In contrast to the rest of the film, this scene holds
0: up really well. And honestly, the scenes where it is just Channing Tatum and Amanda Bynes, I feel like all of those scenes work. I feel like they work really well I think these two together had good chemistry while making this movie and like I said in our pre-podcast discussion uh, Channing Tatum's a funny fucking dude the comedy that he does in this movie fucking works and I hope he continues to keep doing comedies because he's fucking hilarious god I'm ready for Jump Street 23 oh god (laughs) I don't even think I saw the second one of those just because I got tired of the whole idea
1: behind them (laughs) I think it was it was either just as good or like very proximal in quality to the first one it may have been better it may have been slightly worse like it was it was good though (laughs)
0: that's that's good as as long as you've got consistency right (laughs) yeah
1: But Yeah, I mean, that scene was amazing, and you have, like you said, great chemistry. They're obviously, those two are good actors. Their characters, I feel like, contribute to it, because their characters are somewhat grounded, where they're not being, being silly goofballs, where some of the other characters are more like caricatures than characters. Yeah, But that kind of sets up the big kind of last section of the film, the big climax, the reveal, the final climatic soccer game, everything kind of dropping at once. And so to set that up, the problems we have are Viola as Sebastian likes Duke, but Duke doesn't like Sebastian also doesn't realize that Sebastian is actually Viola which is confusing. You have Viola who wants to play soccer on the men's team, but no one realizes that she's just dressed up as Sebastian and is actually a girl. You have Sebastian who's returned from London who is now going to play on the soccer team. Um, and you have Monique, the mean bitchy girlfriend of Se- or ex-girlfriend of Sebastian. And then whatever his name is, Wimbledon or whatever the fuck, the like nerdy guy who's obsessed with the Olivia, who's this weirdo, um, who are basically trying to out Viola as Sebastian.
0: I think that guy's was just justin or something <laughs> yeah whatever he seems like a justin
1: <laughs> so a summary of the final kind of act all the while you have the coach who's this like feels like a very real angry european soccer coach placed in this weird world <laughs> <laughs> so that
0: guy's played by vinnie jones who is a fucking awesome English actor. I love him in, like, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, where he plays Bullet Tooth Tony. He's in a ton of shit that I don't even want to take the time to get into because I could just read an IMDb list and talk about how many movies I love. Was he in Usual
1: Suspects too, Or usual one of the usual suspects?
0: I don't believe so. Let's see. He was in... Oh, fuck it. Now I'm just going to do what I didn't want to do, but fuck it. Read it. <laughs> he was in Snatch. He was in Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels he was the bad guy in uh midnight meat train which is a hilarious horror movie and not a porn surprisingly surprisingly. no (laughs) what else was he in god he's in a bunch
1: of shit this man just works he works and he's definitely like an angry english soccer coach he was in
0: euro trip he was one of the soccer hooligans in euro trip
1: And so he's in all black suit, and it's kind of like this very serious character dropped in like this hooligan. Basically, she's like, "Oh, you know, here's some a, we, an entire wheel of gouda. Will you go to the debutante ball with me? If someone gives me cheese that big, you know, I'm saying yes." <laughs> So she's like, "Oh, he didn't show up. I'm going to go hang out by the pond." Oh, what's this creepy person coming up to stab me? Oh, no, he's just a gardener. That was
0: a good joke cuz she thought it was him like coming out of the fog and she's like, "I didn't think you'd come." And then the guy steps out of the fog and he's just like, "I got to turn on the sprinklers." Oh, my bad. And then she turns <laughs> around and channing Tatum's behind her. That got an actual laugh out of me, too. They're together. They go to the, ba- the ball, they call their names and
1: everything's good. They kiss.
0: They make out in front of everyone one because they do make out exactly what high schoolers do is just they're cool with making out
1: in front of their own parents and stuff it's accepted that when they're attractive <laughs> if and they're ugly actors <laughs> <laughs> and actors also, yes. And don't forget, and that's basically,
0: everyone what? ends up with somebody, including the oh, gay friend, true. who apparently is what? just going to turn this random straight guy from the boarding school. So that's fun.
1: I don't remember that. Who gets with who? I don't remember this.
0: Token black guy gets with Eunice because he's the one who's always been attracted to her and nobody thought it was cool, but he finally said, fuck you guys and went after her anyway. Good for him. Annoying guy ends up with bitchy
1: ex-girlfriend. They're right for each other. Olivia got with somebody.
0: Uh, Olivia ends up with the real Sebastian because he is the exact same person as his twin sister dressing up like him. So that's fine. Fair enough. That does actually happen in the play, though. Olivia marries Sebastian and Viola marries the Duke. So <laughs> I, I don't know. It's just a really dumb overly happy ending where everyone gets what they want for no reason. Yeah, even like the
1: separated parents agree to have dinner.
0: Which is one of the cringiest parts of this whole thing is like <sighs> don't you see everyone? You can parent trap your divorced parents into getting back together. And as a as a child of divorce, no. Why do you want to do that? <laughs> it's
1: so cringe
0: Ugh, gross oh how about that weird soccer hazing scene what the fuck was that oh i forgot about that (laughs) as you probably should have
1: yeah i forgot about that it was so weird they threw oatmeal or something (laughs) and everybody all the new guys have to get naked Uh, okay (laughs) i i was never in a fraternity so i don't know what they do and they're spare time, but I have a feeling that they don't do that.
0: (laughs) I've heard some hazing stories from people I know that were in fraternities and stuff most of them are not as crazy as they're portrayed in like movies and bullshit i think you're more secret societies i think those are gonna have more of the crazy hazing rituals like one of my uncles their hazing was they all got drunk blindfolded and then put into the back of a truck and driven out into the quote-unquote middle of nowhere but because my uncle is from here the town where our college is he knew that they were in the field of someone that was friends with his dad. So they just walked up to his house, called somebody, got a ride, and they actually made it back to the frat house before their frat brothers made it back. <laughs> you know, it's just stupid shit like that for the most part. I'm sure there are some frats out there who have really mean and gross hazing rituals, but this, where they're just like, everybody immediately stripped down, so Viola has to go pull the fire alarm
1: before anyone sees her boobies. Yeah, I feel like that was the main point of the scene, is like, you know, reason for Viola to to feel like she might be exposed, and maybe also to reinforce this kind of extreme stereotype of guys that isn't actually... realistic but it helps with the plot i guess
0: boys will be boys
1: hurt hurt, hurt. boys will be boys we had a secret society do you remember this uh there's like a, a fort in your woods beyond your house do you remember that uh was i drunk at the time because probably not <laughs> no this was like in middle school or maybe elementary school this was very early oh jesus no i don't have memories from those
0: times I've killed too many uh, brain cells over the, years. the before times. <laughs> yeah. The, those are called the Jake Dark Ages. <laughs> God was not present. <laughs> no, uh, so we had a we had a secret society club.
1: I mean, there was basically a secret fort in the woods and we were talking about, yeah, we'll like charge a membership fee and we'll like use that money to you know, build a rocket ship or, you know, or whatever <laughs> it was. It wasn't a rocket ship, but, a you know, a structure of some sort. Of, of
0: course. Type. Yeah. Well, we're, I'm sure we were going to expand the fort and yeah. put a big no girls allowed sign on the front door or something stupid oh yeah i did love the scene of amanda Bynes as sebastian like trying to prove to the new guys that she's cool by walking into the restaurant having her friends from her actual high school like one of them comes up and just like makes out with her and another one is just like you're just too much man for me yeah i know babe (laughs) and shit like that like i thought that was a really fun scene
1: (laughs) My favorite part from that scene was when um, she's breaking up and then after, you know, these girls come up and basically show that she's such this cool dude that gets all these hot girls, ex-girlfriend of her brother Sebastian shows up and she basically has to run so she doesn't get close enough to recognize. And there's at some point in the middle of the scene where one of the guys who's Duke's friend is like, sup girl? And she's like, ew, (laughs) girls with asses like me, with my, girls like Girls with asses like mine don't talk to guys with faces like you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, holy shit
0: I was like I got transported straight back to 8th and ninth grade with that line man cause like, I, I could almost hear one or two of the girls we went to school with saying that
1: <laughs> high school's a weird place the
0: funny part is at that point she is still dating the real Sebastian and Viola breaks up with her in public and the real Sebastian doesn't find out about it until he's like back in the states
1: <laughs> but he does at some point like call her and says like we need to talk implying that he might be considering and he eventually does break up but like he's completely unaware of any of this (laughs) yeah (laughs) But yeah, all the guys are just like, oh man, Sebastian's such a player, how's he so cool? And next day, like, everybody loves Sebastian all of a sudden, basically.
0: I'll also have to say, the best part about Amanda Bynes playing a guy is the one thing she does completely correct as a guy is she does the crotch grab, (laughs) where she's like, quote unquote, adjusting herself in her jeans, you know? That that's the most guy thing i think i've ever seen a woman do on film
1: this is this is a side note i was in the emergency department today mm. there was a lady having a hemorrhagic stroke a very serious condition yeah it does not sound good <laughs> and i was sitting down i think she's fine i don't know like she, <laughs> she could be dead i'm a her. doctor i don't care i i'm not here i don't know she might be fine she might not i don't know i'm not there <laughs> But she was fine last time I saw her, she was stabilized. But anyway, in the room, you know, everything's fucking crazy because it's all, like, literally everything happens. The entire span of human history occurs in, like... (laughs) five minutes Mm -hmm. basically you know they're in there everyone's running around they're bringing ekgs they're tubing they're like paralyzing like everything's happening at once what's their blood pressure it's too high we need to get it down not too too low like everything's happening at once one time and i've been sitting in a position and it was fine but when standing it wasn't fine so i'm like any guy will know what i'm talking about (laughs) do that like weird like bend your knees a little bit to try (laughs) to like let gravity yeah. help you out a little bit. You're like
0: you're like, please just unstick from my leg,
1: please. <laughs> just yeah, just get off. Just just get off yeah so that was my my big hell today and all the while like the physician is like come look at her eyes what do you think of this and like why do we think we're doing this instead of that you know this very experienced very good and very funny physician but i'm like holy shit uh because this <laughs> he's like yes but why i'm like uh <laughs> because that he's like yes but <laughs> They keep asking questions until you don't don't know the answer. Spoiler alert! You never get out of <laughs> and it. And the alive. whole
0: time you're just like, I want my
1: balls to unstick from my leg <laughs> because of balls waiting. No, that that's not it. <laughs> anyway, side note. Back to the fucking movie. I guess <laughs> don't, you don't have
0: to say that. Everybody knows this movie is shit, and talking about other stuff is more fun. <laughs>
1: The other thing I wanted to bring up, and I don't know if it's worth bringing up, but like the carnival scene, which is basically her changing costume every three seconds for no reason, it
0: seems like. Yeah, she could have just gone as one or the other and said that the other couldn't make it. Or change costume once or something. Just go as Viola because you know your parents are going to be there and they will recognize that you are Viola even if you're dressed as your brother. So just say Sebastian bailed. Blame it all on him. It's fine. No, we gotta have three or four costume changes and getting on a carnival ride and switching clothes while spinning around and jumping into a bouncy castle and switching clothes in a bouncy castle with a lot of children, like... Yeah,
1: it was a wild why scene. There is the, you know, there's the kissing booth, with which... By the way, I don't know the current political climate on kissing booths. <laughs> Are they cool? I'm, I'm, cool? I'm going to
0: go ahead and guess no. I don't think I'm anyone's done no a kissing
1: too. booth since, like, the 60s anyhow. Like. I mean, especially, like, barring COVID. But, like, even before that, it was just kind of, this doesn't seem... <laughs> super chill
0: yeah and you got uh you got olivia sitting there being made out with by this weird dude who she's clearly not into but he he paid his five bucks or whatever
1: so he gets his time i feel like it's used in movies as more of a a tool rather than an actual thing and it's either to give a reason while the for the attractive people that like each other to be pushed together or in this sense this very weird like some form of weird prostitution
0: i mean that's all kissing booths ever were was just public prostitution that was accepted along with it being used to put underage girls in a position where anyone could pay money to kiss them that's that's the more upsetting part of it for me (laughs) but Oh, yeah, that's pretty fucking dark. <laughs> I'm just saying.
1: Pretty fucking dark. And
0: I'm kind of curious. This might be the last American movie made with a kissing booth in it, <laughs> because this was 2006, and I can't recall any other movie with a kissing booth
1: in it. Yeah, I feel like even in 2006, I don't remember who I was then, but I was me at, at some point in my life, <laughs> and i was, God damn that sentence. (laughs) Put that on my tombstone. (laughs) But at some point, you know, at the time, I can't imagine me being like, yeah, this is normal in 2006. No,
0: we have we have a fucking fair that comes here every year. I've never seen a
1: kissing booth at it. And if I had, I would have been like, well, that's fucking creepy. And I feel like part of the reason why is the kissing booth would have been like there's a goat there or like this woman with like no teeth or something like it would have been a a night mayor, of Freddy Cougar scenario. <laughs> you would pay tickets to not do that. Yeah,
0: I get it for the story because you have Duke in line for the kissing booth and he's about to have his chance to finally kiss Olivia and possibly tell her how he feels or whatever. But then she gets switched out with Viola and he ends up kissing Viola and they have this really weird, gross public makeout session as their first kiss. That's a plot point that you could have, I guess. You know, I'll forgive that plot point, I guess, but the
1: whole, like, why are there 15 costume changes that are unnecessary? I don't understand what's going on. Because we
0: got to fill this runtime, Klaus. Come on. Gotta fill the
1: runtime.
0: Rule one. You also have to remind the audience that Amanda Bynes is a hot chick, because the high school guys that came to watch this movie are supposedly here to see Amanda Bynes. That's true. All right, any (laughs) other scenes you want to talk about or film photography or whatever? I mean, the cinematography is very just... (laughs) There's a camera? (laughs) There's nothing special about this movie at all. It's, It's a big fucking company making a movie that they would hope... Made them money. Speaking of. Did it make them money? I doubt it. 20 million dollar budget gross in the u.s almost 34 million so it made its money back Hey, worldwide gross 57 million
1: so i mean it did all right really sad that it did that well i feel like at the time it was like the height of movies though oh god no in 2006 like you couldn't was netflix around no you had to like wait three days for your dvd to get there
0: let's see the 2006 top movies here Oh wait, wait. Let's make that uh, fully work with some clickety clack. Well, god damn it! Because I am who I am. Google only shows me like horror films. Why is that? Uh, because I'm me. Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh shit. Dead Man's Chest. Cars. X Men: The Last That's Stand. A bop. The Da Vinci That's Code. That's also a bop. Superman Returns. That's a bop. That sucks. Ice Age: The Meltdown. That's okay. Happy Feet. Yeah. Over the Hedge. That. Casino Royale. Yeah. Uh, Talladega Nights. That was a slap. God damn. Slammed Oof, up. Click.
1: Uh, you know, <laughs> it was a gimmick, but it was okay.
0: Mission Impossible Three. Borat. Oh, The Devil God Wears Prada. Damn.
1: Bro, The Devil Wears the Prada. The Devil Wears Holy Prada. Holy shit! Come on.
0: The Departed. Are you a fucking cop? Are you a fucking cap. uh let's just let's just finish off the top 20 the departed was 15 the breakup night at the museum the pursuit of happiness scary movie four and failure to launch that's your top
1: 20 these were all amazing films
0: let's see where she's the man falls on this list
1: (laughs) uh i'm gonna guess 56
0: 93 so uh yeah nowhere near the top of filmmaking i mean accepted Holy shit,
1: accepted?
0: See, that's what I'm saying. With the Matt guy? Hostel did better than this fucking movie. Jesus fucking (sighs) Christ! Hostel can suck a dick. This movie's better than Hostel. You can quote me on that. Anyway, just to tell you how this movie fell <laughs> within the year 2006. Come on, guys. Oh, there's so, so much more out there. And yet, I know for a fact, most people I know are new in high school. We saw this movie. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt if we saw it in theaters. If we didn't see it in theaters, we saw it on TV shortly thereafter.
1: I definitely saw it on theater shortly thereafter because I don't remember seeing it in the movies. But
0: Well, I mean, at that age, that's basically all I did. I, I think almost every week... Weekend, I went to the movies at least once because it was a way to get away from your parents for two hours. Most parents didn't mind dropping you off for two hours just so they knew where you were.
1: Yeah, I feel like that at the time, too, was like the standard date because you can't go to a bar. I guess you could go to eat, but it was eat or movie. And most of the time
0: growing up, we didn't have a good restaurant to go to either. It was like, yeah, you can take a girl out to the Applebee's, the same place her and her parents probably go eat once a week right eventually we got a nicer restaurant that we could go to but i i think the only time i ever took a girl there was when a large group of us went for like homecoming or something like that yeah yeah the movies was just the
1: date place it was the date mm-hmm. i remember at the time thinking the movies is a great date because it's so low pressure Like, if if there's no chemistry, it doesn't matter. You just watch a movie, you don't talk, and then you go your separate ways. That was
0: the beauty of it, right? You went to a movie and you didn't talk. You were both entertained or not. You're just gauging each other's reaction to the movie. And if you had the same reaction, Mm -hmm. that was a good date. (laughs) I remember one of the girls I ended up dating for a long time. Our first date was going to see Spider-Man 3. Yeah, it was a perfect fucking date because we were both dying laughing at how awful Spider-Man 3 is.
1: (laughs) Spider-Man 3 is a classic. Can we have can we have a month that's just watching all the Spider-Man's movie, including the animated Spider-Verse movie? Because that's one's very good. I still haven't seen into so the good.
0: Spider-Verse. I know. Watch it. I know. I'm a bad person. I need to watch it, but I still haven't. It's very good. I'm not, I'm not like comic book movie fanboy or anything. I enjoy them. Don't get me wrong. Some of them are even great movies on their own, but I'm not gonna like religiously watch every one of them that comes out either. Here's Klaus's
1: top comic book movie picks of all time. I, now I think we're getting too far off topic. <laughs> it's there's a very short list. Number one, Ragnarok. Number two, Spider-Verse. I don't remember any of the other ones. <laughs> Great top five. <laughs>
0: <laughs> top, top five. One, two, fuck everything else. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Basically,
0: oh god! The girls fighting in the bathroom at the debutante thing. Remember that scene?
1: Yes, yes, I do. Do you remember the music they were playing in that scene? Was it "I'll Keep Your Dirty Little Secret"? (laughs) It should have been.
0: This movie's on YouTube. Yeah, let's let's just pull that up real quick.
1: It is on. It is linked in the in our document. Oh, it is. It says it's on YouTube. Oh shit! Video unavailable in my country. I watched it like yesterday. (laughs)
0: That's why
1: you were the one
0: millionth person to watch it. And it got shit.
1: Damn. Damn it. Well, Rip, what song were they playing? Yeah, you hear that? It can't be. It can't be.
0: Yeah. I don't know if that song has been used in a fight scene of a movie since, I don't know, mid 80s. Because even for a comedy movie, that's a horrible song
1: choice. Oh my God. For those, I'm going to sing it. Yeah, I need to find the name of it and just
0: play a short clip in the podcast because. Jesus fucking Christ, that is horrible. One of the worst things. A movie in 2006 uses this song in a girl fight scene in a bathroom.
1: Wow. I think it's classy. It's a classy choice. <laughs> Can't even say that. What the f- without
0: Seriously, what the fuck were they thinking? I don't I don't know anymore. Between between all of these problems, I'm going through all my notes. I have pages among pages of them here everything's bad everything boils down to just bad it's gen xers making movies for millennials and they don't get it they're so out of touch with high schoolers already and they're making a movie for high schoolers like can it be that difficult to just go to i don't know someone that has a grandchild or a cousin or a little brother or sister and be like hey would you be interested in a movie with this in it and then when they say no why would i you just change that you change it to include more attractive (laughs) women well they did that so that didn't help
1: It's such a cheap thing. They
0: they also filled it with really hunky dudes. Like there weren't that yeah. there there weren't too many ugly people in this movie at all. And the dudes were fucking shirtless the whole time, so that's how they were baiting in all the teenage girls. Should we
1: move on to our final thoughts and feelings? Give me I wanna hear your closing notes before mine this week. Okay. So my closing notes on She's the Man, a two thousand six Odyssey. <laughs> a classic. A movie you've seen on television years ago, and you've forgotten about it, but now you're being reminded that it exists. And you can't really remember the concept, but a girl dresses up as a guy and something else happens. And that's all you really need to know. It's a bad film. We know this. You know this going in. It was filmed in 2006. Everything made before 2016 is bad, but if you know that going in, it's a fun ride. It's a fun, like, you know, half a bottle of Pinot Noir, a couple beers, you can have a good time with it. Don't go in expecting to see Daniel Day-Lewis come out of the woodwork as coach whatever is named the soccer coach. It's not going to happen. But I did enjoy the ride. I enjoyed that there was odes to the Shakespeare original source, though mostly in name and basic concept and nothing else. But that's fine. The peak of the movie was the argument scene between between Viola playing Sebastian with Duke and everything else is just uh, stereotypes and funny gimmicks. But it's a fun ride. Basically, if you if you go in there thinking it's a serious movie, you're not going to have a good time. If you're thinking like a loosey goosey, like fun ride, it's not serious. You can have a good time with a few beverages.
0: OK, yeah,
1: I see where you're coming from. Jake, I have a question for mm-hmm. you. hmm. I've asked this question many times before and I will ask it again. This movie, how would you rate it? This
0: was not nearly as difficult as a lot of my previous ratings. Usually you hear me give a big sigh and a big hmm and then I go into a whole diatribe about what I think of a movie. This one, there's none of that. You know why? This is the first movie I think I've ever given an exact 5 out of 10. It's not offensive. But it's not smart. It's dumb in a lot of fucking ways, but it's not so dumb that I hate it. It's just in the middle, even when you talk about it using source material coming from Shakespeare. The Shakespearean play is Twelfth Night is not one of my favorites that I've read. I haven't read many, but it's not one of my favorites. It's confusing on paper, as this movie is confusing as shit in whatever form you have it. That's why I let off this podcast with Klaus just describing the entire movie and then us talking about random shit because that is less confusing than the plot of this movie. And then you combine that with the absurdly generic teenage comedy movie feel that it has coming from a big company that hasn't talked to a teenager in like, I don't know, 30 or 40 years. The soundtrack is fucking horrible. It hurts me in every way. It has two All-American reject songs on it. It all sucks, but it's not offensively bad. It gets a 5 out of 10, and I was mostly just bored. Watch it if you want to see that kind of thing. If you're around our age, if you're somewhere within a few years of 30, watch it just for the nostalgia of the shit people your age used to think was a fun time at the movies and laugh at how stupid you all
1: were. I think if you... Yeah, do that, and but also open a bottle of wine, open a few brewskis, and I think you'll you'll enjoy the night. It'll be a fun time. It's not like bad
0: enough to gather a group of friends and laugh at, though. Fair enough.
1: So, She's the Man 2006 doesn't quite fit into the 90s Shakespeare subgenre, but it is Shakespeare inspired. It's close ish to the 90s. How do we think it's going to fit in with the rest of the films that are in this subgenre? What kind of themes do you think we'll see? What's coming up?
0: I. Unfortunately, no for a fact, this will be a a bit of a sign of what's to come for next week's film. And by that, I mean bad adaptation, not, not good movies. Next week, to kick off the true September list of 90 Shakespeare adaptations will be Romeo Plus Juliet 1996 Directed by Baz Larman. I've already watched this. I watched it last night. Get ready, folks. I'm sure a lot of you saw this back in the day. I guarantee you if you just saw it back then and haven't watched it since, you are not remembering exactly what it was. I can almost guarantee that. Uh, Because I did watch it. Way back in the day, given I was under ten years old, so of course I'm not going to remember all of it. But I remembered a completely different movie. Klaus, any thoughts?
1: I don't remember if I've ever seen this movie or not. If I have, I've forgotten about it. So I'm excited to see it again or for the first time.
0: <laughs> you'll uh, you'll recognize some of the imagery of it, I'm sure, because the pictures of Leo DiCaprio were fucking everywhere after this movie. Possibly because
1: he's in this.
0: Yeah, dude, it's starving. Barring Leo holy shit yeah bro! nice lots of people in it as far as themes and everything go I mean once again we're gonna I'm gonna try and focus on what kind of adaptation it is and then kind of go from there because some of these adaptations will be very different from one another I mean She's the Man was a loose modernization of Twelfth Night took everything updated it to a modern day setting including the dialogue and everything and it changed some small things here and there to fit a modern setting and especially to fit a modern high school setting unfortunately. Mm -hmm. This next one is using the same dialogue as the original play while putting it into a more modern 1996 setting with uh, some varying results. So yeah, it's gonna be different and I'll go ahead and have to admit when I was watching it I had to pause every 30 to 60 seconds Seconds to make notes, because it is fast-paced, baby. Fast-paced. Beyond that, we're just going to see how loyal they are, how good they are at taking their source material and making a good movie out of it.
1: I'm excited to see it. (laughs) Maybe I won't be when I'm watching it, but... (laughs) I'm excited
0: to hear your notes, because my notes have W2F in them more than any of the previous movies we've done for this podcast, so...
1: (laughs) I feel like we're a real yin and yang.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we are. We are pretty yin and yang on this shit. I mean, (laughs) well, to be fair, like I take movies too seriously and you take them not seriously at all. So I think we got all our bases covered.
1: Yeah, you I feel like you understand films and how like their structures and stuff to where you can see the problems where I'm just like I shrug and have a sip of whatever I'm drinking and ignore it
0: (laughs) i personally love bad movies and everything i like to sit down have a strong liquor drink and watch alex cross because that movie's horrible and people should watch it with a group of friends and laugh at every last bit of it but at the same time because i know what makes a movie bad when i watch just like a run-of-the-mill movie it hurts me so (laughs) stuff like she's the man a lot of it hurts me even though it got me to laugh a couple of times
1: all right so next is romeo plus juliet we got the wonderful subgenre of 90s shakespeare adaptations for september
0: ready to roll baby we got four of these bad boys coming up she's the man was a it was a little dirty pleasure for me because it reminded me so much of middle school and high school but 90s is gonna take it back to a time where i don't remember these movies so and 90s was a special time in america let's just put it that way things were changing and not everyone knew how or why (laughs) including a lot of directors who were really out of touch so there's there's gonna be some interesting stuff coming out of here i'm ready for it class you ready for it
1: i'm ready for it yes
0: let's do it this has been real specific see you next time next time,
1: everybody. Bye!
0: Bye!